Hello and welcome to the Cancer Research UK Cambridge Centre podcast, the All About Radiotherapy series. This series is brought to you by the CRUK Radnet Cambridge programme in partnership with our lovely patient and public involvement and engagement group. Hi everyone, today's episode I'm joined by two of our planning and dosimetry team, Hannah and Katie, to talk about their role in the radiotherapy treatment planning and the impact they have on the people coming to the department. Welcome. Hi there. Hello. So first of all, we have Dr. Hannah Chandler, who is head of treatment planning and is running the treatment planning service within the patient pathway. And we have Katie Hutchinson, who is our chief dosimetrist. I'm going to start with you. Hello. Um, hello. Could you briefly tell us a little bit about your role and what we mean by treatment planning? Okay. Hi there. I'm Hannah Chantler and I'm head of treatment planning and I'm a medical physicist. So as a medical physicist within treatment planning, I have a bit of a mixture of research and clinical work where my main role includes planning patient individual radiation treatment plans, managing the quality assurance of equipment and commissioning and implementing new hardware and software within the department. So my main role is within treatment planning, which is a service that involves physicists and treatment planners working together to create patient-specific treatment plans. So a treatment plan is created on the 3D CT scan of a patient, and we use this scan with some specialist software to optimize the delivery of radiation beams and create plans designed to target the tumor and best as possible avoid the surrounding healthy tissue. Treatment planning also used is a multi-modality. So we use PET and MRI scans that we fuse together with the 3D CT scan. And we use this to be able to delineate where the tumor is. So once the doctor has told us the treatment area that we would like treated, it's the treatment planning team to make that patient specific plan to target the tumour while avoiding these healthy tissues. And we do this with increasing complexity as our machines have become more accurate and able to deliver radiation more accurately we're able to make more accurate plans that can specifically focus on this tumor avoiding healthy tissues so this comes through complex techniques such as vmat which stands for volumetric modulated arc therapy and imrt which is intensity modulated radiotherapy which means we can essentially shape the radiation around the tumor really well and really accurately so if there's a tumor very close to an organ that we don't want to treat we can avoid that organ and still treat the tumor to the dose we would like to treat it to and where would we usually see you in the department would you see you walking around okay so as so you'd probably see katie more because she works with the specific treatment planners whereas i'm more of on the physics side of treatment planning so my role is more with implementation and research whereas Katie's more of a day-to-day get the service provision going make sure everything's working make sure things are are, like are on time for a patient to start their treatment so you'd probably see Katie walking around the department more the physicists 
tend to stay in their offices, although we do come down. We get called down because obviously we make these very specific treatment plans on a 3D CT scan of a patient on at a specific time. And then sometimes they'll turn up a couple of weeks later and they'll have changed shape for many reasons. And so sometimes the delivery can be different, like the patient will turn up and will worry that the delivery will be different because they're maybe of a different shape or something else will have happened. And so physics get called down on set to maybe analyze differences like that. We do quick calculations to see if that's going to affect your treatment plan. We come along if there's any queries at all. We're here to come down and answer the questions or at least help. Definitely. Lots of big helps. <laughs> so. Katie, we just mentioned how your, your role differs slightly, but could you tell us a little bit about your role, please? So I'm Katie Hutchinson. So I'm the chief dosimetrist. So we have a team of treatment planners. There are a range of clinical technologists and radiographers. So quite a few of them have actually been treatment radiographers before. So they've come from set and have joined the team and kind of do what we call the behind the scenes stuff. Lovely. And just so the listeners are aware, what's, what is dosimetry? So treatment planning is basically the act. And dosimetrist is actually quite an American term that's come across. Oh, and so a treatment planner and a dosimetrist are identical. So some people have dosimetrist on their badge and some people have treatment planning, depending on how the wind blows when they how fill the it in their blows. form. Fair enough. Ah, I've just learned <laughs> something new. Oof. There we go. And so in physics, when we talk about the dosimetry team, we're actually talking about machine QA and calibration of machines and stuff like that. So we have like imaging, dosimetry, treatment planning. Fine. With computing, you. bracky as such. In that case, so where would um, treatment planning come into the, treat- the patient pathway? Once they've been, it's been determined that they require radiotherapy. So their paperwork will come in, they'll be booked for a CT scan. They'll come in, they'll have their CT scan, they'll be set up in the position that they will be for treatment, they'll be scanned, they'll have some marks or small tattoos placed on the patient to enable setup for treatment. They might have immobilisation devices such as a shell or they'll be on a specific piece of equipment that aids um, setup. I'll have their CT scan, then they'll be contoured by a doctor. They'll approve all those RIYs based on, they'll use their other imaging modalities such as their MRI scan and PET CT to aid with contouring. Then those scans then come through to treatment planning and the treatment planning team will then produce a plan based on set criteria depending on the area being treated and yeah we basically we sit down in front of a computer screen look at the images work out what dose we can safely get into the tumor whilst trying to minimize the dose to all of the organs at risk that surround that area and once that plan is completed it's then checked by an independent person to just make sure that it is to the correct dose correct patient correct site and then once that check's complete it goes through for an independent dose check so we're just checking that the planning software has created that plan safely and that it's given the correct dose and once it's gone through to there it goes through to the data team they prep it all ready for treatment 
and then once it's through to there it goes on to the treatment floor brilliant thank you and um just for the listeners benefit when we when we say contouring so that just means basically just drawing around different different structures in the body isn't it it's different organs and maybe the tumor and bits to bits to avoid and and things like that so and an roi is like a region of interest yes right yeah perfect thank you so your role then even though maybe a bit more behind the scenes what does that sort of mean for the patient so it means that you know you have an accurate treatment plan made but what would you see as your main impact for the patient I'd say my my role is mainly facilitating the planners and making sure that all of the patients come through the pathway as quickly as possible and in the safest manner so that we don't yeah we don't have kind of backlogs of patients or we don't have too many coming through at the same time or not enough people trained up to do a certain technique so that's my main role from a physics point as well a point of view as well in conjunction with the clinicians we create clinical protocols for each treatment site and these clinical protocols are based on research and trials which essentially tell us how much dose a treatment site should be treated with and also how much the surrounding tissue can tolerate while we're trying to treat that tumour. So we have very specific clinical protocols that allow us to create the plans in the situations that Katie was talking about when we, we have strict criteria that we create plans to. So we know that once we've created a plan for a particular treatment site, as long as it's passing the criteria set out in the clinical protocols, then it's a plan that is acceptable for treatment. So after the treatment planning is done, the plan is usually reviewed by the clinician as well to make sure all of these criteria are met. But the good thing about it is that, you know, like Katie was saying, that there's a lot of ex-radiographers there, treatment radiographers. There's a lot of and and all the medical physicists that have come into physics are usually because they're physicists that actually want to use their job with an application. So we all have the line of sight where we know that there's a patient at the end of the pathway. And so you actually you get basically physics brains in planning, but with like hopefully the line of sight in their mind as well definitely and it's interesting that you say about the different tolerances for different parts of the body as that's something I think is quite difficult sometimes for people to understand that you know one with this chatter in the waiting room one patient will have so many treatments another patient will have this many treatments and all we need to worry about this part of the body and all I need to worry about having my bladder full for example for a certain reason and it's all because of these protocols and research that have said okay so this part of the body can tolerate this much but if we're treating that we can increase that to this much and things like that and and it's quite a unique little balance that you have to do in certain certain times when not everybody's the same everybody's a little bit different everyone's a little bit different shaped and things are maybe not always in the areas that you expect them to be in yeah very much so and I suppose and that comes from you know with the increase of complexity of planning with all of our new techniques obviously in conjunction with that we've had to have the increase of complexity of on-treatment imaging because if we're going to start giving really really accurate plans we need to know that they're going to be delivered accurately and so the cone beam ct on treatment imaging that we do daily 
is what's allowed us to become more accurate within planning as well. So it's the whole entire pathway that needs to be in line with each other. You can't become very complex in one part of the patient pathway if you don't have the facility to deliver it in a complex fashion, if you see what I mean. But the thing that always makes me feel slightly happy is that a lot of these criteria have come from research and trials, like you said. And so you know you're in the right place, if you see what I mean. You know that this hasn't just been plucked out of thin air and that actually people have researched this. Definitely. And what's good to know as well is, like you say, is both of you said that, you know, we work quite closely and we've got ex-radiographers that work within planning and you guys come down to the treatment unit as well. And we all kind of work very much closely together in that, in, in different parts of the pathway. So often sometimes you've been called to right at the beginning when the patient's on the CT scanner just to say okay this is what we can do this is what where we need to be this is what the patient can do and this is the position the patient can get in what can we do to make sure that we can get an accurate plan at the end of it and that's quite good that we can work in that sort of close close team together which is nice. What I've asked most people on the podcast is how did you find out about your profession and what brought you to radiotherapy? As I feel like everyone has a very different route into radiotherapy. So it's quite interesting to hear that. Okay, so I finished a PhD in nuclear structure physics at Liverpool University. And my boyfriend at the time (laughs) moved to Chicago, who is now my husband, moved to Chicago to do a postdoc. And so I was moving to Chicago to be with him. And I looked up the American Institute of Physics website and looked for a job and medical physics came up, which was very fortuitous because I was planning on doing nothing for a couple of years in Chicago with my boyfriend and then coming back and doing medical physics anyway. And so I managed to get a postdoc in medical physics in one of the hospitals in Chicago, where I had the clinical job of being a mold rip technician. And then I learned all of the medical physics behind it as well and did mostly kind of a bit of a research job, but learned a lot of treatment planning as well. And so then I came from Chicago to Cambridge and I trained in house essentially. So there are very structured training schemes that you can go on, which are like the scientific training programs, which I didn't do. (laughs) So you can go very structured. I did not do it. I just came in and trained in-house. That's super interesting. In Chicago. It was meant to be, Hannah. Exactly. Exactly. I was planning on doing nothing. I was planning on volunteering and having a really lovely time volunteering. And then I got a job. It's a bit annoying, really. (laughs) Katie, what about you? How did you get into the role? Um, so before I started at Adam Brooks, I actually studied prosthetic makeup. So I was casting uh, people's faces for making prosthetics and things. And once I came back from uh, university, so I'm I based in Cambridge, but I was actually up in Bradford training. Uh, I came back, came back home to Cambridge and there was a job advertised in the Moldrum for a Moldrum assistant. And I went, oh, it's playing with plaster, I can do that. So I applied, came for the interview and was actually offered a training position. They said, well, actually, we've got a trainee position and we're, that we're advertising for. Would you like to interview for that as well? So I went through for the interview, not knowing what I was interviewing for. 
um, was successful and I did in-house training program and degree all at the same time so I started in 2005 on the training program and I went yeah went from a band five up to my current role so I've been here for 17 years. It's interesting that you both started in in a mould room as well so just to explain a mould room we don't we use it a little bit these days still but it's more done in the CT scanner but we used to make a lot more in-house moulds for well all parts of the body but mainly head and neck wasn't it um and that's that's where patients would come first and go to a mould room and have all of their like masks or different bits of immobilization made like specific to them and then they'd come again for like another either CT or an x-ray back then as well we used a simulator and the last question finally is where do you both see radiotherapy taking us in the next five to ten years? Okay, so I think the way that radiotherapy treatment planning needs to go in the next five years is into the accuracy of delivery. I think that treatment planning systems are very accurate. And so within treatment planning, we have something that the doctor outlines the tumour, and we call that the GTV, which is the gross tumour volume. We then have a CTV, which is the clinical tumor volume. And around that clinical tumor volume, we put a margin called the planning tumor volume, which essentially takes into account systematic and random errors, such as patient moving or a more of a bladder filling or things like that when the patient comes to treatment. So the PTV is meant to be there to ensure that the CTV is covered. But obviously, the larger that PTV margin is, the more healthy tissue we're going to be treating because we're actually having to treat healthy tissue in the PTV margin to ensure that the CTV is being covered. So if we can reduce that margin more and more, then we can deliver doses to tumours and avoid healthy tissue because quality of life has to be at the forefront of what we're doing as well. So I think that actually the increase in technology on being able to do online adaptive treatment planning, which is where you can look at a patient's anatomy on the day and change the plan accordingly and deliver like a very specific daily treatment plan is basically the way to go so that we can reduce these PTV margins as much as we can. I would say automation is probably the main thing that's going to affect kind of my yeah my job role and the role of the dosimetrists so each patient gets an individual treatment plan and it's they're all they're all planned quite similar so if we can automate some of those processes and that is coming so we do have some kind of auto contouring software already so we are already kind of seeing those changes that actually they can speed up the process and we can get those plans through. Fabulous. Thank you so much, the both of you. 